Hello and welcome to the North County Beat. This is a podcast from the Coast News Group out every other week. Today is Friday, March 20th. Now, if you've been feeling the weirdness of the coronavirus, you're not alone. We are going to give you the rundown on what that situation is like here in North County, as well as what our community is doing to help out during these unusual times. But before we dive into that, we want to thank our sponsor, Cox Communications. Their state-of-the-art Gigablast internet services help families stay connected online during school and office closures. More information is available at cox.com. Okay, now it's time to get into some of the headlines from this week in North County. Before we talk about the coronavirus locally, we wanted to share a bit of news out of Escondido on the passing of Councilman John Masson. He passed away last week at the age of 55. Masson served on the city council off and on since 2012. During that time, he served as deputy mayor and a member of several committees. A longtime Escondido resident, Masson is survived by his wife, Trisha, and their two children, Nick and Taryn. Now, looking at the coronavirus pandemic, COVID-19 continues to affect people across the country. On Thursday, Governor Newsom declared a shelter-in-place order for the state of California, meaning that residents are not to leave their homes for anything other than grocery shopping and medical visits. It's now just time to absorb and recognize uh, that we need to change our behaviors uh, in a way that meets this moment uh, and allows a recognition that this moment will pass. These shelter-in-place rules are similar to ones that are already happening in Fresno and the Bay Area and other cities in the state. We don't yet know what this will look like in San Diego County, but we're learning more about this situation by the minute. The governor says that more than half of Californians could eventually be infected, which is about 20 million people. Locally in North County, Carlsbad and Vista followed suit with cities like Encinitas, Solana Beach, and Oceanside to declare a local health emergency due to this pandemic. Countywide, gyms, childcare facilities, bars, restaurants, and local libraries have all closed their doors temporarily, with some offering modified service. North County firefighters are limiting public interactions, except for 911 and medical aid calls. This is all in an effort to stop the spread of illness among high-risk populations like the elderly and those with immunodeficiencies. The notion of others doing good for the well-being of the vulnerable in the community is really at the fabric of the entire strategy here. That was former San Diego Medical Director Dr. James Dunford. Now a professor of medicine at UCSD, Dunford has served the city's public health sector for more than 30 years. We spoke on the phone to discuss the public health risks posed by this virus and to get his thoughts on the region's response to the virus here. Minimizing everybody's exposure risk means the chance encounter they have with an older person, that they're not going to be the one who actually brought it to them. That's the key, kind of like they, there was some, a study this morning that the CDC had about the, one of the cruise ships, you know, the big one in Japan that had over 3,000 people, uh, and lots of people got sick on that, but they pretty much sorted it out as of this morning that it was the, it was the staff, it was the healthy people and the food services on that that were delivering the food back and forth to people. That's how the virus really passed around to so many people on the ship. It was the service people and kind of unintentionally well people that were... You know, as they were bringing the food and other kind of things to people who were locked in the room, that's how all the people in the rooms got sick. It's it's not necessarily like worrying about ourselves and more about like who will come in contact with something with something that we touched or somewhere that we went, and then they could possibly contract something. 
You got it. That's really what this is all about, is trying to prevent, essentially, a lot of people from getting sick because we know that probably 1% or a half of a percent of all the people who get infected are going to really get sick in a big, bad way. And those people are going to be those vulnerable elderly people. You know, as the CDC is talking about reducing uh, an acute spike in the absolute number of people that are sick and going to need to be hospitalized and and reducing the number of people in a big spike that are going to need intensive care units because we don't have, as a nation or as a region, we don't have the capability to take a giant tidal wave of patients all at once. We have to try to mitigate this and slow it down so even if we end up people getting sick, it can't all happen at once. And that's why this big effort right now to kind of shut everything down because we can't overwhelm the capacity of our of our hospitals. How do you feel about the city and the state's response? Do you feel like that's enough or should they be doing more or is that good? I think right now it's... Um, it's sufficient. There is a certain, you know, uncertainty to all of this, and I think everybody would want us to be acting in the best interest of the majority of the, of the country and, the, and our community by acting as safely as we have to. There's nothing worse than looking back and saying, "I wish I would have." Uh, you know, you don't get a second chance on these kinds of things, and you and for this kind of disease, you have to be very aggressive right at the beginning. You can't back into it because at that point it's too late. So if you're going to really use these strategies of limiting people's contacts with each other to try to slow this thing down, it has to be done right at the beginning. That's, that's the difficult part for a lot of people to absorb, absorb, but it's necessary. I want to ask you as a public health official, how scary is this? How scary is it? Yeah. It's not as scary as a meteor coming at the Earth, if that's what you mean. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Good start. <laughs> Okay, then let's back it up. Let's say a tsunami might be pretty bad, too. Yeah. And a, and, a, and a bad earthquake would really be bad. But where is it in the category of health? You know, it's not as bad as other things that could happen to this country. Let's face it, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we were worrying about being attacked by bioterrorist agents. So there are really bad things in the world that can happen. Uh, and this is, on the scale of compared to every day, this is pretty scary. Uh, you can see how it can slow things down. You can only imagine what would happen if we had one of those other horrible events happen. On the scale of things, there are a lot of bad things that can happen. This is definitely scary because of its ability, uh, ultimately, to overwhelm our hospitals. What could happen and, you know, has happened, I think, in some, to some extent in Europe already is the, the difficult choice of who actually is a candidate to receive the care if you have two people that are sick and you only have one device to, to save somebody how do you pick which one gets it what what we're really looking at on one level is actually trying to avoid those almost impossible human uh, decisions that would have to be made if we had too many people for the amount of resources that we have obviously this is very serious but i'm wondering where do you think that line is between panicking and buying every single roll of toilet paper at Costco and doing your due diligence as somebody who just wants to contribute to public health. Right. I mean, I I think there is no cause for panic. There's no evidence of of food shortage, right, is there? And there there really is no evidence or even reason why people should be making a run on water. You You can tell how, you know, that there is a great need for education. This isn't a disease that's going to threaten the water supply. Preparedness is always a good idea. We know that. But 
you know, the idea of panic and trying to avoid panic is really, again, messaging uh, and making people aware uh, from good leaders in a community who can kind of adequately describe the risks and benefits. The average person who's a healthy person is a low risk of dying from this disease, a lower, low risk from dying overall. Uh, but, and so that's the majority of people. I can design my day all day and be perfectly happy by myself, and I don't think I'd be afraid of anything. I mean, you know, I could I could take a walk, walk along the bay, and I'm not going to catch it if the wind blows. I could go jump in the ocean, and I'm not going to catch it in the ocean, you know. And I could I could go just in my car and do anything I want to, you know. I mean, I, I don't have to be completely locked down. I just can't be around a lot of people right now, especially a lot of strangers that I don't know. That's the part that makes me uncomfortable. Panic comes from lack of knowledge. And so I get back to the idea of people can just sort of go to the resources, go to the, go to the experts, listen to what people are saying. Important information from Dr. Dunford. Again, stay tuned to the CDC and your local health officials for updates in your immediate area. Right now, statewide, there are around 950 confirmed cases of COVID-19. In San Diego County, there are 100 reported cases and zero deaths at the time of this recording. Recently, a case was reported at the Alevenheim Pioneer Elementary School, according to Encinitas school officials. That person is in isolation, and health officials are reaching out to those that they were in contact with. There is no word on whether they are a student, teacher, or staff member. You have reached the Scripps Health Coronavirus Nurse Line. As you can hear, there are also efforts to combat the virus locally. If you're experiencing fever and or respiratory symptoms, please remain on the line and the next available representative will be with you shortly. The Scripps Health Coronavirus Nurse Hotline is staffed seven days a week to help folks get screened for the virus without having to come into the facilities. If you feel like you are having symptoms, which include among other things a dry cough, fever, shortness of breath, you can call the hotline at 888-261-8431. On the test kit front, life science company Thermo Fisher Scientific, which is headquartered both here in Carlsbad and in Massachusetts, just created a kit that can find out within four hours if someone is positive for COVID-19. President Trump even called them out in a speech he gave last week. I'd like to thank Thermo Fisher. The FDA's goal is to hopefully authorize the air application within 24 hours. It'll go very quickly. It's going very quickly. The company has 1.5 million kits in stock right now, and they plan to create 5 million by April 3rd for shipment. As more people start to self-quarantine to stop the spread of illness, residents and businesses alike are lending a helping hand where they can. Coastal Roots Farm in Encinitas continues to operate its pay-what-you-can farm stand with heightened sanitary measures. On Facebook, the Buy Nothing group in Vista is stronger than ever as people begin to exchange cleaning wipes and other products that are fresh out on the grocery store shelves. In Carmel Valley, Resident Brian Frazier is young and feeling healthy, so he posted on the Nextdoor app, offering to help neighbors with everything from online communication setups to grocery store runs. Went and picked up uh, some groceries, a single mom with three kids. She's like, I can't leave the house because I can't leave my kids. And she's like, I just need you to go pick up some groceries for me. So I, I did that. And, you know, that was nice. I didn't even, I actually just put them on her doorstep, left, and she Venmoed me and everything was fine. If you're also looking to serve your neighbors, Make sure you're healthy and going about it in a way that is safe and sanitary for those you're helping out. So I think we can all agree that life in the COVID-19 self-quarantine space 
has been anything but business as usual. Take that for example. What you heard was part of a bar class that I took via Facebook Live in my living room while the studio is currently closed. That came after a long day of working from home, so the movement and the break were much needed. Online fitness classes like these are just one of the ways that people across the world are adapting to this temporary new normal that sprung up as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. You heard me earlier. Gyms, offices, daycares, restaurants, all closed. Now people have to figure out how to interact with the world around them while trying to stay away from it. This is just a weird, it's weird. I'm not nervous, I'm not panicked, I'm not, I'm just, I'm bummed for a lot of the people that are stressed out. So before the governor declared a shelter-in-place order, I ran into Larry Solomon outside of Culture Brewing in Encinitas. He's the manager of that location, and that weirdness that he's talking about is pretty obvious. Sure, there are a few cars passing by, and the trains are still running, but the sidewalks are practically empty, and the bars and restaurants are bare. The county issued a recent notice that prohibits in-house service, so restaurants have been getting creative with takeout and to-go options. At The Culture in Encinitas, they're selling beer to-go, offering a discount on merchandise, and... We're actually able to cater to people ordering online, so it's just ready for them to just come pick it up, so... Um, which is pretty new for us. We've never done anything like that. The small businesses up in Carlsbad are taking a similar approach, finding ways to sell their products while keeping interpersonal contact to a minimum. They're doing this where they can, but Christine Davis, executive director for the Carlsbad Village Association, says it's challenging. You know, they're trying to adapt, make changes, and um, but when people don't want to come down to the village or go shopping, they can make all the changes they'd like, and if the people aren't there, you know, there's nothing that's going to come of it. With the new normal telling you to stay in and quarantine, people really aren't getting out and about. And if they do leave the house, they're advised to keep that time brief, stay away from crowds, and to only be out for essential purposes. Still, Davis says there are ways to support local business. If you're talking about a salon, let's say um, getting your hair done or a service or a massage, don't cancel but reschedule because having a rescheduled appointment on the books is far more encouraging for a store owner than a cancellation. The second thing is buy a gift card because the gift card is money in that, in that um, store owner's cash register. And gift cards are great. So if you don't feel like going inside and spending a lot of time shopping, you can still buy a gift card. And if you want to help your local fitness studio out, there are ways to do that too. Elise Garbosa owns B Move Dance Connect, a dance studio in Encinitas catering to adults and teens. With her doors temporarily closed, things have been stressful. Being a small business and being relatively new, uh, a pause in business like this is could be really devastating. Scarbosa is working on getting online classes up and running. And she has a bit of advice for anyone who's trying to help out a local business during this time while they have to remain closed. You do have a monthly membership to keep it going so that, you know, they can pay their rent and I'm trying to keep my staff on for as long as possible because I don't want them to be affected by it. So it's, although it may look like, well, I'm just going to freeze my, mem my membership because I'm not using it. Really, if you actually continue to pay your membership, you're helping keep a young single mom um, so that she can have food in her refrigerator. And overall, the business owners I spoke with 
are actually pleasantly surprised by the community support they've been receiving. Lake Solomon at Culture. I have had a lot of people from the community um, just walk up and say, Larry, like, what are you guys doing? Larry, let me help you out. Let me buy some beer from you. So it's been pretty cool. And Davis has also felt the love. I feel like so far the message um, on social media has been very positive and people are being very kind. And I like that. That leads me to believe that when this is all over with, we're going to come come back so strong. There's no telling how long the coronavirus pandemic will stick around for. It could be weeks. It could be months. Either way, small businesses will be affected. And the owners encourage you to keep supporting them however you can, whether that's keeping your dance membership going or just ordering a beer online for that next virtual work happy hour. By the way, if you want a deeper look at how bar and restaurant owners are coping with the coronavirus quarantine orders, check out the Coast News Cheers column from Ryan Wolt. He had a great piece on that this week, and you can read it in the print version or on thecoastnews.com. That's all we got for you this week on the North County Beat. A little disclaimer here before we go, things are changing rapidly with coronavirus. Please be sure to check out your city's websites for more up-to-date information and resources to stay informed and healthy during these crazy times. Our next episode of the North County Beat is out on Friday, April 3rd. Before we go, we wanna thank a couple of people. Our contributing reporters this episode are Tawny McRae, Steve Paterski, and Hua Kwok. Our editor-in-chief is Jordan Ingram. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd. And our publisher is Jim Kidd. I'm Kelly Kyle. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and try to make the best out of your weekend at home, whatever you plan on doing. We'll talk to you next time.